This podcast is made possible by thousands of dedicated listeners just like you. Be a part of this powerful three-decade legacy of evangelization by visiting materdayradio.com or downloading the Hail Mary media app. And thank you for joining us on the bridge between your faith and everyday life. What happens when a Catholic deacon matches wits with a Catholic radio show host? You get a marriage made in heaven. They may not always agree, but they're always faithful. It's the Akins with their view from the pew on Modern Day Radio. And welcome to this episode of View from the Pew. I'm your host, Brenda Aiken, and joining me today is the man who has one win and one loss when it comes to household appliances. It is the good deacon, Scott Aiken. One win and one loss. Yeah, we have two major household items that if you own a home, you can appreciate. Once once something goes, it makes uh, it makes anxiety levels jump without uh, converting back to your your roots of your faith. Go, oh, that's right. It's in God's hands. So I, our heater went on the fritz just before Christmas. Days, in fact, right? Days before Christmas. And I, and I was away <laughs> on business and I got back and I went out and looked at it and I prayed over it. I said, God, this is Christmas, please. And it started up and then it stopped. And I thought, well, that's probably the humility I, I needed. God was saying, Okay, no, you need to pray a little bit more. No, he wasn't saying that, but I didn't get despondent, but it didn't start up again. I went in the house, half hour later it came on, and it stayed on throughout Christmas and still on. So (laughs) thanks be to God. That appliance was repaired through prayer and some tinkering, but the prayer, I think, is is the real winner for that. Now, the loss, though, is I am actually a little bit excited for because this will require a new purchase. So we have these wonderful washing machine and dryer combo set that has been working for us for we had to look it up 15 years. 15 years. I went to look it up and the, the thing was leaking out the front seal. So it just it just weeped a little bit for me to say, you know what, my my lifespan is over. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, the workhorse that machine has been. I mean, uh, six people in a household for the last fifteen years. The amount of dirty clothes, smelly jerseys, dog beds, and bedroom sheets and blankets that it has gone through. It has kept us clean and healthy and smelling much better. It's dying. You can't get the replacement parts for it. You have managed to keep it going for a little while, but the time has come. I, on the other hand, am a little bit giddy because I want a new washer and dryer. And uh, (laughs) this is going to be a good purchase. And you're already shaking your head because you sent me a picture of a used washer dryer set that was like new or was staged or something like that. And I said, oh, no. This is not one of those bargain items that we are going to try to find for the house. You're going to have to pay for the new washer and dryer. As I will with the heater and air conditioner when that goes out eventually. So. I guarantee that washer and dryer is going to be a whole lot easier to replace than a new furnace. And thank God that absolutely. Thank God that it it happened. We were we wanted to stay warm at least through Christmas, and God blessed us. And and because it did, it got cold in the house. We were all like, wow, it was down near 
the almost hitting 59 degrees. I mean, it was really starting to get cold in the house. So I guess in my own mind, I don't think about how God wants us to have working appliances, that God's intervention would work in an appliance. You think about praying for the health of people or the healing interiorly or closeness to God. But does he really care about whether or not our furnace works? You would say yes. I would say yes. Yes. Just as he cared for the Israelites in the desert to their to their smallest need, though they didn't oftentimes realize that God was giving them what they needed. Um, I, I think of that just in the simplicity of asking God to help with this during the time of Christmas that we knew we had family coming. So it was just a beautiful moment for me on that. I didn't pray for the washing machine because <laughs> I recognized, you know, I can't expect more out of something that I can't give more. Uh, I think the washing machine has given more than enough and can be retired to a suitable recycling group. That's right. And so uh, and so it begins a, a little hunt. We'll do our due diligence. I don't want anything fancy, nor am I going to spend more than what we need. But it is a blessing. All that we have is a blessing. And us to have the ability to replace items when they break like that, again, another blessing. So that is going to begin our journey into this new year. It is 2024. And we came off of a beautiful Christmas season. We're still in the celebratory season. Epiphany is upon us this weekend. And those wise men were on a journey. And I think it's a great way to recognize that if we set our sights on something this year and journey to it, if we let our Blessed Virgin Mary, Mother of God, be our guide. Well, she'll take us right to the heart of Jesus. And that is the theme of our show today. Coming up, we have a great opportunity to talk with our good friend, Monsignor John Syke. He's going to let us know and remind us how it is that we've come to know and name Mary, the Mother of God, and how she can walk with us throughout this year. So that way, it will be a year like none other. And then after that, we'll not only share how Mary would consider washing machines and heaters vital for a house uh, family need, but we want to also share how the Pope viewed that on his uh, papal homily on January 1st for the Feast of Mary, Mother of God. So we got a great show ahead for you on this week's View from the Pew. Like they do many other Marian dogmas, Protestants reject Mary as the mother of God because they don't think it's scriptural. But if there's any Marian dogma that's biblical, it's Mary the mother of God. Consider Luke 143, where Elizabeth greets Mary as the mother of my Lord. As any Bible student knows, Lord is the title that the Jews used for Yahweh. But Protestants object that Lord can also be used for an earthly ruler. Although this is true, I think the context suggests the divine usage. The three times the word is used before verse 43, verses 28, 32, and 38, and the three times it's used after verse 43, verses 46, 58, and 68, 
it's used in reference to Almighty God. So does the Bible teach Mary is the mother of God? You bet it does. I'm Carlo Broussard with the ready reason for Catholic Answers, Catholic.com. A great way to support Mater Day Radio is through our Leadership Circle. These are businesses and organizations whose names you hear on the air every day. They believe in our mission of providing the region with positive Catholic radio programs of faith and hope. Simply put, our Leadership Circle members keep our broadcast strong through their financial generosity. If you run a business or organization, please join us. We need you. Information on our Leadership Circle at materdayradio.com. Scott and Brenda Aiken with their View from the Pew on Mater Dei Radio. So how are you going to make 2024 different than any previous year? Now, perhaps you've made a New Year's resolutions, but no. Yeah, you're going to stick with it for a few weeks, maybe a month or two. But then you're going to go back to your old habits. You need the inspiration of the saints to help you and walk with you throughout the year. There's no better saint than our Mother Mary. Now, you know, the year began with the solemnity of the Blessed Virgin Mary, Mother of God, and you can carry this feast day with you every day this year to make it like none other as you grow in faith. Joining me this morning to share more is our good friend, Monsignor John Syatt, pastor at Christ the King Church in Milwaukee. Good morning, Monsignor Syatt. Happy New Year. Merry Christmas to you. Well, good morning. Happy New Year. Merry Christmas to you too, Brenda. It's great to be on the show and and uh, a Merry Christmas and Happy New Year to all our listeners. Monsignor Syak, did you make any New Year's resolutions that you think you're going to try to keep, but know you'll probably break them within a few months? <laughs> well, yeah. And, and to tell you the truth, you know, now that I'm in my fifties, uh, it's like that you learn to like, well, maybe I'm not going to make any New Year's resolutions. There you go. Because I just, I can never, you know, fulfill them. But uh, doing a doing a new thing. Uh, well, it's not a new thing, but we're new, new to us here at Christ the King. There's a group of us men who are doing Exodus 90 for oh sure for the, for the new year, and and uh, so far so good. Um, but uh, that's a, that's a beautiful thing. But I know that one of the best ways to be able to make changes in your life is when you're doing them with someone else, and you can have that support with it. Is and I think that's that's one of the things I. As 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 we approach this new year, you know that we want to approach it as 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 Christians and as Catholics. As like this is as as members of Christ, we do things together. Um, and I think so. So I think one of the things we want to keep in mind as we go forward with our New Year's resolutions is is like what you, what you had said at the beginning. You know, we look at to, to the saints, you know, the, of who to walk with. Mm-hmm. And we just started the calendar year with this awesome feast of Our Lady, Mary, Mother of God. And this is a very ancient title of Our Lady. Yeah, I'd love to ask you about that. In fact, Christ himself, he told us from the cross, behold your mother. And I think with those words, he gave the Blessed Virgin Mary to the whole world forever. And we can walk with her this year. She is a perfect intercessor, and we celebrate her under that name, Mary, Mother of God. How did we get to that title? How do we now understand her as the Mother of God? Yeah, I, th- I think, well, well, first is is the everything we have with Our Lady has to do with the nature of Jesus Christ himself. So he's he's a totally unique being because he's God and man, 
And without ceasing to be God, he took up our human nature, united it to himself, you know, in the incarnation and suffered, died and rose in that, in that nature. And that nature is forever united with his divine nature. And is in, in the church came to understand using some, some tools, uh, some vocabulary from Greek philosophy to help to kind of our human minds to help to understand that mystery a little bit more, right? The mysteries always exceeds what we can, we can conceive in our minds, but this, this idea that his, we have this word of nature and the word person, and the way that came to understand is that Jesus has two natures, two complete natures, one divine and one human, and that his divine nature has been with him from all eternity of being the uh, begotten of the Father. Um, and then, you know, in the incarnation, he takes that human nature, unites it, and it's united in his one person, the person of God the Son. And and that took, you know, that, that took some uh, uh, controversy to sort out. That was really big in the, in the Arian controversy because Arius had said, you know, Jesus is this great guy and he's, he's kind of a super creature, but he's not consubstantial with the Father. He's not God. He's, um, and we, re, we profess that in the Nicene Creed, you know, God from God, light from light, true God from true God, begotten, not made consubstantial with the Father. If we know our history, it's like all those lines in the Creed are directly aimed against the errors of Arius. Uh, so that we have this, and so then we kind of go forward in the, in time, and we we hit another uh, heresy, another controversy, and that has to do with the, the title of Our Lady of of Theotokos in Greek, the God Bearer, as we translate in English, the Mother of Mother of God, and and uh, there was a controversy attributed to to Nestorius, and and so what that introduced is this kind of division in Christ this this kind of split between his human and divine nature which we always distinguish but we don't separate or split apart and so the church in the in the council of Ephesus especially uh, reiterated this title to our lady um, that it is valid to give it to her because because the person uh, who is in the his human nature in Christ is is God the son and so um, we can we can say that properly that that Our Lady is the Mother of God, and I think what that highlights, Brenda, is that that uh, that of the special role Our Lady has in the in salvation history and the work of salvation. Right? She is she is the perfect Christian. Right? right. She's the perfect. She's the, she's the new Ark of the New Covenant. She is the new Eve. She is the perfect response, human response to the call of God and in, in utter obedience. And, and so she has this special role in our, in our, uh, in our lives as Christians. And, and, and Jesus gave her to us from the cross. I say this a lot, but, and bear with me if I've said it before, but you know, every, every word from Jesus's mouth is important. And especially those words that came when he was being crucified, mm-hmm. right? You can just imagine how, much it took for him to say those words in the midst of his agony. And he said those words, you know, woman, behold your son, son, behold your mother. And so I think we really need to take that to heart as, as followers of Christ and to, and to live into that reality and that invitation of, of, of life with our lady. I mean, Nazareth is our home too, right? Jesus made it that we should, in our prayer, we should go up to that, we should imagine that door, that that uh, house in Nazareth. We should go up and knock on that door and and have Our Lady open the door and welcome us in. Oh, that's our family. 
It is our family, and Mary is our mother, and we know that her prayer is an important prayer that is important to Jesus, too. And so we go through Mary to get to the heart of Christ. And as you said earlier in our interview, going through the Exodus 90 program, the accountability is there. Many women taking on the Magnify program that is similar to that as well for women. There is an accountability portion of that. I think that we as Catholics should hold ourselves to in making a resolution to have 2024 be the year that we grow closer to God. In what ways can we take on a practice, something that we can carry with us throughout the whole year with Mary as our guide to have a a 2024 like none other? Uh, Great question. I think I I would uh, invite people to look at our Catholic heritage, right? We have this beautiful and rich heritage of Christians living the Christian life for 2,000 years. And so we have this collected wis- wisdom about what things that really help us enter into the mystery of Christ. Um, and and those are the things we call the ordinary means of sanctification. Right? Those are That's prayer, that's sacraments, that's the liturgy, that's good works, that's ascetical practices and things like that. And I, and just on a human level, I guess as a pastor too, of, of working with people in their daily lives and in my own life, you know, for that matter is when we want to do something like a resolution, we need, it needs to be something small and doable. Um, and so we tend to have these grandiose ideas and the whole idea of taking up a Christian resolution is to grow closer to Christ. It's not to like, you know, Jesus, look at this, what I'm doing for you so that you'll love me more. It's no, it comes out of the love for Christ that we already, he already loves us and he loves us into living in, in these, in these ways. And so our fasting would be an expression of that, our, our good works, our, our prayer. And so I, I just, invite people to, to think about, and, and even something to do in prayer with Jesus is like, Lord, what's one thing, one small way I can grow closer to you this year and, and have it, have it, you know, small and actionable and, and, uh, and all the better if it's done with someone else or, or at least shared, you know, with, with a friend, even mm-hmm. if your friend isn't, do, or your spouse isn't doing what you're doing, but at least you can, you can, you know, you can talk about it. But I think things like, gosh, you know, getting to daily mass more often, um, make, getting really regular with confession, right? With, like just that, that monthly, you know, habit. Um, maybe it's something of, of, you know, doing the Bible in a year or the catechism in a year. Um, you know, joining, because uh, I, I know there's other parishes like Our Lady of the Lake is, is also doing an Exodus 90 thing and, I, and magnify, you know, wherever those sorts of things to kind of jump in on and, and knowing too, that we need, you know, we even know this from psychology, we need, you know, 20 to 30 days of a repeated act to make it a habit. (laughs) So, so whatever we, we, we take up is is like, we have to be really intentional about making sure like, like we can do, we do this every day for a month and, and then it becomes, and then it starts to become a habit. Oh, I, Monsignor, I started last year on my way home from work to pray the rosary. And I would open up our Hail Mary media app and I would play Archbishop Samples rosary. Now I have already programmed myself now that it had become such a regular habit that anytime now I get in my car, 
the first thing that pops into my head is rosary. It, it can happen anywhere. You, you don't have to uh, always be able to uh, sit in a holy hour to have holy time with the Lord every single day. Those times are important, but these things can happen in many different kinds of ways, don't you think? Absolutely. And I, I think just in talking about a habit, you know, it's it's deeper than simple condition, psychological conditioning. Yeah. It's the way St. Thomas Aquinas talks about it is that it becomes part of your character. It's like who you are so that this is the beautiful thing about how grace and our cooperation with grace actually change our character, change the kind of people that we are. So, you know, it's, uh, I, I did the same thing myself years ago with, with the rosary of, you know, I, it just wasn't happening every day. And I just, one Lent, and of course Lent is a great time to get a habit going. Sure. It's 40 days. Um, I started doing it and now, yeah, it's like, it's like you, it's like, I don't, I don't have to think about it. It just, I just start praying it, you know, in, in, when I, in the morning. And, and I think that's, that's the beautiful thing about a habit when it becomes part of who we are, then it starts, it takes on its own inertia and, it doesn't quite require as much effort and, and it, because it's become part of who we are. Oh. And I think the, you know, some of the, some of the resolutions that might be good from our Catholic heritage, you know, of, of, you know, a, a little bit of fasting, you know, maybe picking up that Wednesday, Friday, no meat, you know, or even just Friday, no meat, you know, of, of, um, of the, the, you know, praying the rosary or of, you know, getting involved in, in something at, at your parish, um, uh, I, I, I said this to all of the the dads at, at ma- the masses last weekend for um, for the feast of the Holy Family is is uh, uh, you know do something to start to lead your family spiritually. Mm. You know, do mm-hmm. one you know pick a, do this, but just pick one thing and, and and start practicing it. That's right. That's I think that's absolutely perfect. Just pick one thing. We don't have to take on all of the the troubles of the whole world and try to change everything today. Just pick one thing and no better saint than Mary to help her identify for you what that one thing is. Monsignor Syak, thank you again for your time today. Uh, Please keep all of us in your prayer. We'll continue to pray for you throughout this year. Scott, it is absolutely perfect when I think Monsignor Sayek points out that accountability means a lot when you have set yourself a goal. And it's one thing to decide to yourself, oh, I'm going to eat healthier. I'm going to walk every day. But if you don't do that, you're, it's just like your own, you know, mind who you've got to change. But if you carry the Blessed Virgin Mary saying, Mary, this year, my resolution is to grow closer to your son. Please help me every day. I'm going to do this. Like for me, remember last year, it was when I come home from work, the first thing I'm going to do is turn on the rosary. And all of 2023, I've done that. And in fact, I've done it so much now is that anytime I get into my car, like I told Monsignor Sayak, I'm almost become Pavlov's little Catholic dog because I just automatically associate driving in my car with praying the rosary. It was an accountability that I wanted to have Mary on my side to draw me closer to her son. And because of that, I think that's what made me so successful in that quest. I think that's a great metaphor. You know me, I love metaphors. And when you talk about that, 
that you have this desire once you get in the car to pray the rosary. Do you know how hard it was? Many of you might remember this that are listening to us today when they instituted the laws of wearing seatbelts and how hard it was for us to get in the practice of wearing our seatbelt. Until now, it comes to a point where if we get in the car, many of us, we put our seatbelt on because we're uncomfortable if we don't have our seatbelt Exactly. On. Well, I would argue that Mary, the rosary, is our seatbelt to hang on with Christ. You know, I, uh, I had a, a great prayer that came to me uh, several years ago after I had done the consecration with you to Mary. Mm-hmm. And... Uh, it was a simple prayer, and I, I have it on my phone, and I pray it every day. Uh, I pray, Mary, help me walk with your son today. Mary, help me walk with your son today. And then after that, I pray the prayer of Catherine Labre, the, the, the saint uh, for the miraculous medal. Oh, Mary, conceived without sin, pray for us who have recourse to thee. You know, mm-hmm. Catherine Labre, um is such a, a powerful intercessor for us. And, and the vision that she had of the miraculous medal has been such a blessing for so many people. And I just want to emphasize that, you know, this, this year as we celebrated Mary, Mother of God, maybe a little differently than we typically do because it wasn't a holy day of obligation in our diocese, uh, but that uh, we still recognize January 1st, their very first day of the year, valuing that as something through Mary. And, you know, Pope Francis really emphasized that in his homily, describing how important it is to uh, have our shortcomings, our times of loneliness, our inner emptiness that cries out to be filled, that we lean on Mary, the mother of God of fullness, that when we come up short, like for even the simple things like the heater and the washing machine that we we spoke of at the beginning of this, this discussion, that we lean on Mary to help us have faith in her son, that he wants us to have the needs met for the best life that we can live. And so why not ask Mary in our intercession? And so I think you do that with, with Mary uh, through the rosary. And I would, I would argue that's the seatbelt for Jesus, the rosary. I just appreciate that so much, a seatbelt for Jesus. And just as we said in the open, does God care if our heater was working or not? And we prayed to have it just fixed to just at least carry us through the holiday season. And it just started to work. So that's important to remember. And it's important to know that God and Mary, through her intercession, wants to be part of every moment of our daily life. So if your New Year's resolution is to walk every day, then why not walk and pray the rosary and, and, and bring that into your life. So that way, well, for every day that you're walking, you know that you're going to have that time with Mary and she always will carry you to the heart of Jesus. And so if your goal this year was to grow in your faith, well, I can't think of a, a better way to do that than to seatbelt yourself with the rosary to Jesus. I would just encourage folks to, to key in on the Pope's last comment in his homily, which is to consecrate our lives to Mary and turn more readily to the Blessed Mother for aid and intercession. Just beautifully stated by the Pope, who always leans on Mary, guides his thoughts by way of Mary. And so, Mary, help us walk with your son this day. And every day.
Scott, before we go today, will you end us in prayer? Lord Jesus, we thank you for giving us your mother on the cross. Such a beautiful gift to so many who need mothers. We who have mothers, we're thankful for them this day. And we give a special thank you to your mother for her intercession in our lives. Help us to walk this week with gratitude and trust, knowing that she is interceding for us in all that we do as we walk closer with you in our lives. We ask your blessing upon us this day. In your name, Jesus Christ, we pray. Amen. And that is going to wrap it up for us this week. Please tune in next week as we share with you more stories about our faith, our family, and our View from the Pew. God bless. Have a great week. You've been listening to View from the Pew, a weekly look at faith and family life from a Catholic perspective with Deacon Scott and Brenda Aiken. For more information on the Aikens and to listen to an archive of their previous shows, visit them online at moderndayradio.com slash pew. View from the Pew is produced at the studios of Mater Day Radio in Portland, Oregon. If you enjoyed this podcast, please consider sharing it with a friend. You can support this vital mission of evangelization through moderndayradio.com or the Hail Mary media app. And thank you for helping us lead souls to Jesus through the Blessed Virgin Mary.